When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm down on my knees in the dust I scream from the top of my lungs I found my way back to a higher ground Yeah, I just want to feel alive Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren I found my way back to a higher ground Yeah, good yeah, evening folks and welcome to another edition of Higher Ground, your late night sports bar on Wednesday, the 10th of November. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. Yeah, let's get down to business. Well, we haven't really had a million nights just like this, but we have been doing it all season. So, you know what? You should know the drill by now. Come on up, join us, uh, pull up a stool at the late night sports bar, get comfortable. Grab yourself a drink. There might be a couple of drink vouchers there as well. Um, and uh, let's have a chat. There is space on the open line right now if you do fancy a natter. And that number is 1300 one 1170 Or you can drop us a text. Me and the Mad Russian here with you for the next couple of hours. 0457 736 736. Well, how long are we going to be talking about these issues surrounding anti-vaxxers in the NRL? It seems like it's going on and on and on. And I've said it so many times already over the past few weeks, it would have been so much easier if the NRL had have had the kahunas to uh, mandate, a blanket mandate across the board. Well, now I see that uh, those that choose not to get vaxxed, they may well find themselves out of the game. Still, uh, I think, a, a fair bit of legal work to be done. But if, let's say, come March, and we'll go through it a little bit uh, more later on, if those players still choose not to vax, uh, the way I'm seeing it now um, is they may may um, lose their contracts. We'll talk more about that a bit later on. Uh, how has your club fared in the, the luck of the draw, the NRL draw, I mean, or the fixtures list, if we're going to be uh, specific about it? And why, tell me this, tell me this off the bat, why does the AFL refer to the draw or the fixtures list as just the fixture? You've heard them, haven't you? They call it the fixture. I've never quite understood that. Perhaps you can tell me that. I don't know. There are about 300 fixtures, aren't they? 300 games or so. Yeah, plural, um, across the whole season. So how can you call it the fixture when it's a, a collection of fixtures? I don't know. It's something that's bugged me for a while. Anyway, um, there are more important things to worry about in life. Um, that's a question for another time. How do you think your team's fixtures uh, stack up against their rivals for next season? Tongue-in-cheek, uh, when I said there before, luck of the draw. I mean, look, it's never going to be a level playing field. We know that until you have a home and away season uh, where you play each other twice. Well, there 
there's nothing equal about it. But the NRL, I mean, they've got a load of considerations to, to throw into the mix and they come up with uh, what they feel is the most equitable outcome for all clubs, weighting uh, those clubs that face the top eight teams twice and those that don't play the top eight teams twice um, is b- basically uh, goes on the season preceding. Um, but there's so many other things that have got to go into it, broadcasters as well. And, uh, yeah, it's not as easy as it might sound. So let's not throw too many stones at the NRL. It's a, it's, a, it's not um, um, a task that I'd like to undertake. Cricket-wise, England and New Zealand, they are in action in, the, well, just a, a few hours' time from now, the first semi-final at the T20 Cricket World Cup. Hello, too, to our friends across the Tasman. Uh, it should be a great match. Remember the final these two teams played a couple of years back in the one-day World Cup final. My goodness, it was absolutely crazy. Um, a chaotic finish, and mayhem. As chaotic a finish to a sporting event as you can imagine. Won by the Poms after things were still level following the uh, the Super over. I can't quite recall how or why they were awarded the Cup. I think it was on a countback, wasn't it? Number of boundaries they'd hit or something like that. We'll look back at that if we get time as well. I might try and dig out some of the commentary from that final. So who wins this first uh, semi-final and why? What are your thoughts? Let me know. England or New Zealand? And our guys, of course, they step out tomorrow night or, to be precise, 1am on Friday morning uh, against Pakistan in the second semi-final. My, that is going to be such a tough match for us. What are our chances? Come on. You guys know sport just as well as I do and probably more about cricket. Um, well, I love cricket. Don't get me wrong. I played it as a junior. But um, a lot of our listeners, you know, are rusted on cricket fans. What are our chances, do you think, um, in the T20 semi-final against Pakistan? And if we get there, can we knock off England if they're through after what they did to us earlier in the tournament? Talking of World Cups, we'll take a look ahead to the Socceroos World Cup qualifier tomorrow night uh, being played at Parramatta. Uh, been a long time, hasn't it, between home games uh, for our boys. Um, and it should be a full house. I hope the rain stays away, even if it does pour down. Uh, you've got to get out there, haven't you? got to get out there full house at uh, Combank Stadium or Parramatta Stadium for the visit of Saudi Arabia. So lots for us to talk about, players coming and going. We'll talk the Vax thing again. And uh, as I say, feel free to jump on the line. Uh, We'd love you to join us up here on Higher Ground, your late night sports bar. That number to call if you do want to have a chat and put your orders in, 1300 01 1170. Yes, good to have your company. Thanks for joining us, uh, me and the Mad Russian. The Mad Russian has come back, see. He had, he had Monday night off for some reason, and he, he's having withdrawals two days later, and he's back on deck. You all right, brother? Well, it wasn't my decision, Chris. Oh, was Sometimes it needs must. <laughs> Sometimes I, needs must. I moved and jiggled around. Hmm. Um, to fill in, as you know, and yeah. um, I had to do the drive show, What's so I apologise for that. But I'm you. back into my my favourite shifts. Don't with apologise. You well, but we, 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 we did all right. We we got through it. Mm. Uh, we were on air for three hours. No one died. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's a very good start. Well, that's one way of it, judging how right. uh, how the show go. Um, no one died. No one died. So good show. Um, it was absolutely peeing it down, tipping it down. Uh, on the way in here to our North Sydney studio. So uh, if you are out and about and listening to 1170 on 
on your radio in the car. Just uh, take it really, really slow. I guess it's still raining. It didn't look like stopping. Um, absolutely raining, uh, raining cats and dogs. I, um, I might have squashed a couple of poodles, but um, uh, we got here. <laughs> we got here in the end. Got here in the end. So you're good. Um, did you did you want a drink or not? I haven't had one for a, yep. a few this days is welcome now. Back. Very, thank you very welcome much. Welcome back. Keep those text messages coming through. Uh, for those of you uh, that are uh, here and we, with us in the late night uh, sports bar, I guess we've got, well, we've come off the back of the driver's seat, um, the petrol heads. So we've got some residual rev heads uh, <laughs> listening in, listening into the uh, the program. Uh, Snake Snake's here in the live studio. You hear Snake? Yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. Dingo, you did. Di- di- all right. And what about uh, Dave? Where's Davo, our live studio? Oh, Davo. Uh, dog's Davo? Breath. Where are you, Dog's Breath? Davo. Oh, good, good, good. What about the rest of you guys? You happy? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Well, we'll get you those. Um, okay, okay. Settle, settle. We'll get you those uh, drinks vouchers as well. Remember, it's two per head, by the way. Two per head. And uh, if you want more, well, you might just have to do a, a swap or, or something like that. Um, mixing, I don't think mixing drinks is a very good idea. No, they get soft drinks. Oh, okay. Want. There's water there as well. Lovely. Yeah, but still no pizza. Still no pizza. I've, I've, I've been begging. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> echoing our sentiments. Oh, settle down. No, echoing our sentiments. Well, I, yeah, I, I know. Like pizza but, yeah, it's getting, do you like cold pizza? Yeah, yeah. What, after you've been on the Terps? Um, occasionally. Yeah. I prefer, I'll, tell better, better, good, uh, I'll tell you what's good after a day on the Terps. Was that Sunday? We, that Sunday we did a few weeks ago. The bacon and egg roll. Oh. Unbeaten. Undefeated. Mate, and you know what? It, it dribbled. <laughs> you know, when you, I took a bite into it, it dribbled and the sauce went down off my chin and onto my white shirt and I didn't even care Undefeated. how good it was. Yeah. Unbeaten. What was bacon and egg? It was... Um, no, it was a oh, special it was a one. It's a posh one. Roll. But a bacon egg roll in general, the night after, the day after, is uh, yep. always recommended. It's a cure-all. Yep. Pick me up. Cold pizza, though, it goes all right, too, mm. the, the morning after. Mm. Yeah. What time? You know what? Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. No. Nah. You know, when I lived in England, right, we'd often go out for a curry quite late at night. Oh, yeah, that's the big thing, yeah, isn't it? Because we, yeah. we have a kebab or you go to yeah. Macca's here. Or up they in go the north of the England, curry. they have... They have the chips and uh, gravy mm. in the north of England. London's more of a curry, and Midlands curry houses are good. Yeah. Good, yeah. Why are we talking about? I don't know, Chris. That's um... a mate of mine actually. One talking about this because I was I was doing a chicken salad last night. I got mm. a, I made sure the tenderloins were because they cook pretty quickly, yeah. right? And yeah. even when you take them off the heat, they're still sort of cooking. So you you can't go wrong with a tenderloin. But I've just got this. So I'm a little bit paranoid about. Having chicken at you know raw because it you know it's not good for you is it undercooked? No. But mate of mine, he'd come home talking about good food after a night out. He'd come home and he'd opened up the fridge, and his missus had been shopping that day or whatever, and she'd had like little chicken tenderloins or chickens. Um, what do you call them? Little tenderloins, yeah. um, not nuggets, just little strips. Mm. Oh, the uh, chicken crumbed. Uh, Tenders, the Dujons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chicken Dujons. But he thought they were already cooked, right? Oh, no, no, no. He scoffed them. <laughs> well, two days later, he still... wouldn't have made still, him feel better. No. Nah, two days later, still 
Uh, yeah. Well, if we move on to the serious stuff, let's make that the text top. You know, text in, call us in. Good food night good, after. Good night after. Pitfalls. The pitfalls oh, I don't to, know avoid. Pitfalls. No, to avoid. That's to avoid. Well, those not cooked crumb chicken oh, well, tenders. That, yeah, that's not a good idea. No, you know what I'm saying. Mm. God. But keep those texts coming through as well. Uh, bring back Uzi for the uh, for the first test. Uh, Gaza. All right. Well, Usman Khawaja, we, we, we'll talk about him. I mean, you know, they say if you're scoring runs, you've got to get a look in. But uh, he's had his chances. He's not getting any younger. And he's going great guns in Sheffield Shield. But there are some that think, no, he's had his time. Um, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Mm. I wanted to hear from um, who was it was saying that Uzi's, uh, he called him a flat track bully. Was it uh, Ian Chappell, was yeah, it? Yeah, it was Ian Chappell. And then today Uzi came out on a, a green top against WA, yeah. who played five quicks. And Uzi was basically the only survivor in that Queensland team. They're all out for 193. Hey, if you're in, you're in, you know? And he scored 70 on, a, on an absolute green top. Yeah. So, if you're in form, like... I don't know nothing... about the fat track, flat track bully argument. Especially most of Usman's runs have come overseas. I think uh, it actually yeah, does well, him a disservice. Which apparently doesn't hold back. No. He, he hasn't in the past. He won't in the future. We'll, we'll dig that out and have a listen to that a little bit later on as well. Uh, I was talking about AFL. So we've released our NRL fixtures, mm. the fixtures list, right? There's about 200, 300 fixtures, right, isn't there? So why do they, AFL call it the fixture? They refer to the whole thing as no, the fixture. They're a bit weird in Melbourne. It's Chris. just annoying. They're bit, no, it's, they're a bit it's weird. It's bugged me for a while. Um, Steve says AFL. Who cares? All right, thank <laughs> you, Steve. Uh, keep those texts coming through. Um, and to the, I was listening to the, the boys on the driver's seat. Uh, quite entertaining coming in. Are um, they? Uh, hello they, to um, you, fellas. Yeah. yeah. Quite, if you like your motorsport. Yeah. Oh, my young fellas turning. Uh, what's he turning? Thirteen in about a month or less than a month. Mm. So he said, oh, Dad, I want to go go-karting out there at uh, Eastern fun. Creek. Great fun. Could not recommend more. No, uh, I'm sure really it would be, but I tell you what, I tell you what. Ah, yes. How much do the you reckon it's going to cost? So a go-kart, 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Or be 30 bucks. Per head. Per head. <laughs> How much per head for 10 minutes? 30 bucks or so? Yeah. No, yeah. 25. 35, 35 for 20 minutes, or it's 50 bucks, I think, for the half an hour for, for each guest. A dollar a minute. I so think I, said, yeah. I said, Joey, we might just take one or two mates. <laughs> and he said, no, that's good. Because he understands. Yeah. yeah. He understands. That's Dad's under pressure with the purse strings. Yeah. Um, hello, War and the Madman. How good would it be to see the dogs pinch the number nine from the oh. Eels? Reports are looking good for the blue and whites. The Tooley. Tooley's in, in the house. Oh, he's not in the house, but he's listening in on the Bundy. Here's sure the Tooley. We'll have to get Tooley in the live audience at some point too. Is dog, did Dog's Breath say he's here or not? Oh, yeah, right. oh good, good, good. I can Tooley would fit in up the back there. Yeah. Huh? You? 100%. 100%. I've talked to him a couple of times. Reed Marnie. So... Well, yeah. uh, you know, and if Bullfrog was was still with us, God bless him. Um, there's some you know, great yarns too about how um, Bullfrog more used to go and sign some players under the noses of other clubs. Mm. He'd arrange shonky meetings and get other chief executives to turn up. In fact, I think there is a story. It goes something like this. He'd organised about three or four chief executives of, of other clubs, and I don't know which player it was, but it was one of the good ones. It might have been Andrew Farrow. I don't know. He wanted to sign. So he he arranged, I think, a Chinese 
lunch for about three or four of the other ch- chief execs just to chew the fat, you know, mm. or chew the dim sim, the, the spring roll. Yeah. He didn't turn up. <laughs> and it was, no, it was Pop Farah. He would he, he'd sign him in the, you know. Stands at Melbourne. No, no, yeah, he was there signing on while the others were at the Chinese oh, restaurant. I was thinking the next restaurant over. Yeah, Wait. well, something like that. Pub across the something road. like that. But they, yeah, yeah, something like that. Brilliant. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good no. story. So Reed Marnie's been um, having some sang choy bao uh, with Phil Gould and uh, the rest of them there on Tuesday night. Was it in the mm-hmm. Canterbury Leagues Club and the the doggies or his manager Reed's manager? Um, says we didn't hide it from from Parramatta. They knew all about it, and that's fair game. It's past November one. He's off yeah. contract, um, off contract at the end of this season. So he's he's free to um, talk to whoever he wants. Did I see a story saying his manager Sam Ayub said he'd actually told yes. Parramatta that he yes. he, he was going to meet with Trent yes. Barrett and Phil Gould and all yes, the Bulldogs did. big boys. Yeah, nothing under under the table. He, he actually made a point to let them know. Um, so, and again, this stuff always talks generally as well. If it's a good Chinese meal at the Bulldogs Canterbury Leagues Club, you know, that's always good too, <laughs> particularly if you play a Sunday game, your Sunday evening Chinese, you're with me, Ooh. Sunday evening Chinese. And a late finish. Dog's breath, dog's breath. I know, I bet you would love it. Yeah. Sang Choi Bao A too. late night at the Leagues Club after a Sunday win? Oh. That'd be... That would have been ideal. Peking duck, <laughs> sizzling garlic prawns or with ginger Gee, we're right on the food topic. Here we go, Wombat Chill Harbour. Hey, boys, been a while. Sorry I'm back tonight. Good to hear from you, Wombat. KFC oh. the next day's <laughs> Yeah. I, I can't See, agree, Wombat. But you know Wombat's stature, and he's been open about yes, his, his physical, um, well, difficulties. He's, oh, I think uh, that's a bit harsh to call him difficulties. Well, he says he's quite robust. Roundish, Nothing rotund. Wrong. <laughs> Nothing wrong that with that. Sense. He well, looks, he he looks cold, like a wombat. Maybe the cold KFCs. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, wombat, look, we don't judge, mate. Good to have him back. Look at us. No mirrors in this studio. <laughs> but um, KFC the next day. What about oh. the KFC when you – they sponsor? They are, aren't they? Crunch time. Or is that Red Rooster? No, Red oh, jeez. Well, Take no, that back. That, that's gone. That's gone. Is it? It's over. I prefer Red that's Rooster. Yeah. You but prefer Red Rooster? Aren't they a sponsor? Well, yeah, yeah, I prefer Red Rooster. <laughs> but Casey, what about the oil that comes out, the grease that comes out when you, when you know, the the drumsticks? Are you got a trusted chicken shop near your place? I got a ch- chicken shop. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, uh, massive. Yeah, well, it's probably the same one. Not a gallo, um, a gallo chicken. Oh, the, oh, right, not gallo's pies. No, no, no. Oh, gallo chicken. Oh, gallo. No, oh, I've no. heard of them. I have very, heard of them. No, we've got a few. Uh, keep those texts coming through. Anyway, Joey Leilua, what a sook. He's 29, but uh, won't do the hard yards at training, so he blames Michael Maguire. Grow up, uh, Steve from Padstow says there. Yeah, well, that was sort of yesterday's news, wasn't it? He's, he's having, a, having a whinge, Joey. He he hit on social media, fired up about Madge, and then backed it up yesterday, uh, saying that you know, he was the only one that really spoke up, and that's why uh, they didn't extend his contract. He had a... Uh, they had an option to renew it or not in the club's favour, and they mm. said, no, see you later. It, it tends to help when you speak up and you're actually playing well, and I don't yeah. think Joey did that. Mm. Well, I can't remember him playing two or three good games for the no. West Tigers. But just back on Reed Marnie, so 650000 a season. Uh, that's what they say the Bulldogs are throwing at him at the Queenslander. Um, 
and Parramatta's offer is about 450 a season over three years. And I think the Dogs uh, are willing to throw 650 over four. So do your maths. 1.25. 1.25 million additional. You've got to... I think he's worth that too. Don't you, for the, for the Bulldogs? Mate, well, I don't know what players are Parramatta worth as well. But if Gus is prepared to shell out that, I'll respect his decision. Mm. You know I'm a fan of Gus. Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. You do. Now, the VAC stuff, right? Let's get on mm. the VAC stuff. And again, if you want to pick up the phone and have a chat, we're here. Um, we don't just want to talk food because uh, we get rumbling tummies. We, we can talk uh, We can talk vaccination again. How long are we talking about this for now, by the way? We're going to be still talking about it until the NRL deal with it, Chris. So unvaccinated players could be sacked with eight weeks' notice if they refuse the jab under a proposal drafted by the Rugby League Players Association in con- consultation with a select group of NRL club bosses, writes Christian Nicolucci in today's Sydney Morning Herald. Um, the Rugby League Players Association, the document they're putting forward proposes that unilateral termination is not available until a minimum of eight weeks after a player has been formally provided with the vaccination club direction. Oh, it's all gobbledygook, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, Player X won't take jab, so Player X can't go to place of employment. So therefore, Player X, um, I see it, is not able to fulfil his contractual obligations. So therefore, sorry, Player X, there's the door. Can I put a name on Player X at the moment? Yeah, there's about 24 of them. Well, there's 24 of them. The biggest name seems to be Nelson Asofa Solomona. Biggest frame and name. You're right. some of his posts on... What, what is with players and social media at the moment? But Nelson's posting. So he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to change his mind. No, he is not. Of it. He is not. And he can't go to Amy Park and train. He can't play games there for his club. He might be off to the Super League, Chris. Well, they might take him. They might take him. I don't know. But look, basically, so South Sydney, pat on the back. Eels, pat on the back. Newcastle. Pat on the back. Any Newcastle fans in the audience? Yes, there's a quite a few are up there. So those three clubs, yeah, I know, I know. It's good news, isn't it? All fully vaxxed. But 24 players are still holding out. So the green tick for vaccination of the three clubs is timely, given the backdrop of uncertainty at other clubs, and of which has led to the Players' Union discussing what powers um, have over the contracts of unvaccinated players players. So what powers do their employers have over the unvaxxed players? I'm just going on here and picking this article on the City Morning Herald apart. Unvaxxed players could be given eight weeks to get the jab or face the sack under a last resort proposal that has been hatched by the Players Union and a cohort of club bosses. The plan also gives clubs the option to place unvaccinated players on an inactive list. So you can't play. Well, you can't play anyway because you're just not allowed into the stadium so but you are on an inactive list for the season so I guess you would also uh, come out of the 30-man squad if you're inactive yeah you would and I guess you'd probably come off the salary cap but then those inactive players because they won't take the jab um, they could still get some of their 
salary, about 25% of their salary, to put their feet up and uh, cheer their former teammates on because they won't be able to get in the trenches. Now, what do you make of that? Uh, send me through a text. I've been asking for it for, for a couple of weeks, and uh, you guys out there, I think you're, you're on the same sort of page that we're on here, um, that it's you know, it makes sense to mandate across the board. So, And basically, I guess what the NRL is saying, we're, we're hoping maybe that some of these um, health orders, public health orders, they might change. They might change come March, and we're in a different landscape. Let's hear from Andrew Abdo, the NRL chief executive. So we always said, whilst we haven't mandated vaccinations, we have been incredibly strong in educating and facilitating as many players as possible getting vaccinated. Ultimately, though, there are individual decisions that employers can make, uh, like any business, um, but we are also working on some guidance for the clubs in this regard as well. Yeah, we'll, we've always said we'll adhere to the public health order. So if the public health order is you can't enter the stadium unless you're vaccinated, then those players won't be able to train and play. There he is, Andrew Abdo. Um, but you heard it, black and white. They can't train or play. So how can they bloody well um, uphold what's in their contract? One of the key things is you play games of footy. <laughs> Right. Let's hear from the uh, Melbourne Storm Chief Exec, Justin Rodsky. And you spoke about Nelson Asifa-Solomona, so did he. It's certainly possible that he makes the decision not to be vaccinated. Um, What that means in terms of Mm. um, being an active versus inactive player, uh, how that impacts his contract, uh, what that means from a broader NRL perspective, what the implications are on the club from a salary cap perspective, uh, whether or not we can... Uh, replace the player for a particular season. If that player becomes an inactive player, there's a whole range of complications and components to that discussion that we're still working through and working closely with the RLPA and the NRL. NRL hasn't put in place a policy to deal with this. Um, Obviously, there's different restrictions and protocols and health orders in place for different states and then different clubs also Mm. have their own policies in place as well. So at this stage, the NRL has left that to the clubs to work through and um, the clubs are now doing that with the RLPA. Uh, We'll then need to go to the NRL to discuss what the implications of that framework and that process are that we put in place. So, you know, unfortunately, there's not going to be a universal outcome when it comes to the different states and different clubs, uh, which makes it even more challenging. Melbourne Storm boss there, Justin Rodsky. Um, It was an elongated answer, wasn't it? And uh, they do sort of uh, sometimes sound like they've swallowed the uh, the corporate governance manual, don't they, some of these fellas? And um, basically what he was saying there is he was asked the question, so what happens to players that aren't jabbed? Um, What do you do? And the answer was 30 seconds around about finding protocols and frameworks and guidelines and... uh, yeah, anyway, you can just tear the contract up. I think that's basically what they want to know. Can we tear the contract up or not? Uh, we're talking about some foods that you should uh, take good foods after, a, you know, if you've been on the RAS uh, or, you know, have had a long night and you want the next day foods. Uh, we're talking about cold pizza is a good one, isn't it? Cold pizza. Oh, brilliant. Uh, Wombat said KFC the morning after a, a large evening the night before. Um, that bacon and egg. Bacon and egg roll. Roll that Go we to. had was sub- superb. Uh, Toolman said, um, oh, g'day, wah. Um, what's he saying here? 
when do you ever feel hungover after shandies? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Well, listen, Tooley, <laughs> A, A, you need to clean your ears out, Tool Man, because um, I don't have shandies, although I am able to have shandies. I don't mind a shandy. What I have, Tooley, it's called a lager top, and you actually put shandy. the lemonade in the bottom. It's not a shandy, all right? It just takes the edge off them. You should try it sometime. Yeah. What does he know? Anyway, he's probably into his 18th Bundy. Oh, anyway. no, no. Don't go ragging on our listeners now because you're upset that they're having a go. At Every you night he bangs choice. on because he thinks I drink shandies. And I am man. And, and right. I, I'm. Oh, you're listening to Higher Ground. Well, a very good article today in the Daily Telegraph previewing, uh, well, the highs and low points uh, for all 16 clubs ahead of the 2022 season. Let's kick things off with Melbourne Storm and uh, five of their opening seven games will be played at Amy Park. Gee, they're going to be looking forward to that, aren't they? And more than half of uh, Melbourne's draw will be against last year's top eight sides. (laughs) Tough, eh? Including two games against... Premier's Penrith. Talking of the Panthers, well, uh, they've been handed one of the tougher draws um, as well as taking on Manly in round one. The Panthers face South Sydney in what would be a highly anticipated grand final rematch in round four. Penrith have uh, two five-day turnarounds as well between rounds five and eight. The Bunnies, let's look at their draw and uh, the grand finalists take on the Storm. Roosters and Panthers in the first month of their campaign. Souths will end the regular season with a tough run of games too against Parramatta, Penrith and that blockbuster round 25 against arch rivals, the Roosters. Well, Manly, they are at home twice in the first eight weeks of the season, just the twice, but on the flip side for them, they have uh, secured about a dozen games on free-to-air TV today, which they reckon is worth around $3 million uh, in revenue to the club. The Roosters, looking at their draw, Trent Robinson's side face the Eels, Panthers, Storm and Rabbitohs twice, but will only leave Sydney twice in the last 11 weeks of the regular season. From round four to round 13, they play just two teams who made the finals in 2021. Not a great draw, really, for Parramatta. It's uh, it's a tough one, this one. They've got two matches against uh, the Panthers, Storm, Sea Eagles, Roosters and Rabbitohs. And to cap it all off, in the final six weeks of the competition, they play Penrith, Manly and South Sydney back-to-back and finish the regular season against Melbourne Storm. Newcastle Knights, tough start for coach Adam O'Brien and his team. They've got the Roosters, Storm, Panthers, Seagulls and Eels all in the first eight weeks. Gold Coast Titans, they have a pretty favourable draw with only 10 games of the 25 scheduled to be played against last year's top eight sides. Um, They kick off their season against Parramatta at Combank Stadium. They then have an eight round stint in the middle of the season where they will not even leave Queensland. Let's have a look at the Sharkies and not an overly tough start to the season for them, but Cronulla will take on 2021 top eight sides. Melbourne, Manly, Newcastle and the Gold Coast Titans twice. On the other side of the coin, they take on bottom eight teams, Warriors, Bulldogs and Raiders twice as well. For the Dragons, not a bad draw. Not a bad draw at all. Uh, Facing a tough start, though, uh, they take on Penrith, Parramatta and South Sydney in the first five weeks. 
but the good news for Dragons is that they will only play two of last year's top four teams twice. For Canberra Raiders, well, Ricky Stewart's side will host just one home game at night during the winter. So they're hoping to steer clear of the cold down there in Canberra. New Zealand Warriors have been handed one of the softest starts and finishes to the season. The Warriors will only have to play one top eight side, that's the Titans, in the first five weeks. And they take on the Bulldogs, Cowboys and Titans heading into the finals. West Tigers, not a good draw for them and uh, the bookies have them finishing closer, well closer to the bottom of the ladder than the top in 2022. They open their campaign against the Storm and they do have three five-day turnarounds and take on top eight finishers, the Rabbitohs, Manly, Parramatta and Newcastle twice. Yes, it will be tough. Brisbane Broncos have been handed a, well, a bumper home draw to kick off their campaign next season. Seven of their first ten games will be played on Queensland soil. And North Queensland, well, the Cowboys, they won't leave their home state, Queensland, until round six in 2022. No Thursday night matches either for the Cowboys. They launch their season against Canterbury Bulldogs. Talking of the Doggies, well, Trent Barrett faces a tough six weeks to kick off his side's campaign. I guess two winnable matches against the Cowboys and then Brisbane to open the season. But that will be followed by a gruelling four weeks against Manly, Melbourne, Penrith and South Sydney. The Bulldogs take on bottom eight sides, the Cowboys, Broncos, Sharks and West Tigers twice. Yes, it is, and great to have you uh, tuning in. I uh, hope you're enjoying the program. Um, I was asking the question earlier on, how do you think we'll go now, the Aussies? Let's let's talk some cricket for a while, shall we? Um, plenty of people had written us off, particularly after we were walloped by, by England, unceremoniously walloped by England. It was quite embarrassing, but at the same time, you know, they are the number one ranked yeah. T20 nation. What has happened since then? Um, a very good win recently over West Indies, and before that, who we beat? Afghanistan, was it? Uh, no, no, not uh, Afghanistan. Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Bangladesh, rather. Um, we started. Um, we started performing in in the you know the power plays, taking some wickets in the power plays, and also on the flip side of that, when you got Davy Warner and Aaron um, on on the front foot and trying to punch some runs along and, and get that run rate up nice and early through the power play, you know that's the secret, I think, to this this tournament. And um, I think we learned a few lessons, didn't we, against England. Let's hope we, we do get to meet them again. Um, so they, in a couple of hours' time, um, yeah, about two hours' time from now, England will play New Zealand in the very first of the semifinals. And then our fellas will take on Pakistan in the early hours of Friday morning. So 1 a.m. on Friday. So you never, never know. And I was asking, you know, what are your thoughts now, uh, Timmy the Tool Man? Apart from criticising me because I have the occasional shandy, he has said, uh, I thought the Aussies would struggle, but hey, they have proved me wrong. Um, <laughs> they've got 25% chance now of winning the T20 World Cup at the moment. Yeah, well, well done, Tooley. You're, um, I guess you've got to be a good mathematician in, in, in your trade. He says, go Warner and Maxi. Well, if those, if those two are in the runs, you know there's a very good chance that we will have won the match. And throw Mitch Marsh in there as well. And, you know, I think it was a mistake not to play Marsh at number three. Um, he wasn't – did he play against England? Had he even played against England, did he, Mitch no. Marsh? I don't think he did. So, yeah, you know, the hindsight, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. 
But if if Mitch, Davey, and uh, Maxi are in the runs, you know we're well on our way, aren't, yeah. aren't we? Uh, keep those texts coming through. Uh, this one here as well. Oh, here, we've got a bit of a compliment coming through here. There's no name on it, sadly. I wish you uh, had put your name on it on these texts. Uh, g'day, Chris and Mad Russian. Always listen to your show, Higher Ground. Welcome back, Mad Russian. Yeah, see, uh, Rusky, he took a break on Monday. We didn't take a break. He was otherwise engaged in other employment services with this same network, but um, in simple terms, he was... Speaking of swallowing the thesaurus, <laughs> my God. Did you like that? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, uh, on a different roster, basically. That's right. Yeah. Uh, can this show be on every weeknight, Monday to Thursday, 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Uh, to 12 a.m. and Friday? Oh, okay. And Friday, you'd like it on Friday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. or even 12 a.m. Higher Ground is the best show every day with Chris Warren and the Mad Russian. I love this. You I can are tell my favourite. Li- is it? Did you say this Eric. texting? No, I can tell you that's Eric. It's not your he's, mum. He's a very nice man. Maybe I should speak to SEN management, Eric. Thanks, buddy. Um, well, mate, I don't know. Look, we're happy to have a whisper we'll do, to them, Eric. You have a whisper. We'll do what's required, you know. We'll do what's required. Unlike the 24 anti-vaxxers in the NRL... <laughs> We will play ball and we will do what is And required. do more work. And in return, we hope to be rewarded, not handsomely, just a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. And if they want to throw some, some other benefits our way, well, so be it. It's not all about that, you know. Do you know what fair dinkum means? Fair dinkum. I've, I don't think I've ever heard the uh, origin of that fact story. What about you guys, listeners out there? Fair dinkum. You understand where it's come from? Should I tell you? Yes, please. Okay, so let's go back into the, I don't know, the early settlers' days or whatever, even maybe later than that, um, you know, out in the rural countryside or even outback Australia, Johnny had come into the bar with Davo. Uh, are you in there? Is Davo, are you still up there, Davo? I'm out the back, Chris. They'd come into the bar, right? Um, and bartender would say to, uh, to Johnny... Beer for you. What about one for Davo? Is he fair dinkum? I.e., has he earned a fair day's income? Ah, well, fair dinkum. Fair day's income. Yeah. Fair dinkum. Fair di- oh, yeah. Gee, that's Australian. Yeah, it is. So, are you fair dinkum? Are you, mm. are you, you know, have you had a go? Have you had a go? Have a good go. You know, a mm. fair day's income. You learn a lot on this show. You know? Well, you're a big fan of the background of that sort of stuff. I do. What we we're, we're supposed to be talking about cricket, though, weren't yeah, we? So, is Tim Payne fair dinkum? Tim Payne, so this is an interesting one, right? And I was reading today. So we know Tim hasn't played for quite some time. When I say some time, he hasn't mm. played since March or April. So he's had uh, surgery on what? I can't even remember what the surgery was, was on. Thumb? Or was it, it was something in his hand, I think. I think it might have been knee. Oh, you reckon it was knee? Oh, whatever. Whatever. He hasn't played since April, right? But he's the incumbent captain. When he's going to retire, there. They're thinking, look, let's maybe, if we can have a fifth test, if it doesn't go to Perth, or if they can't take the fifth Ashes test, let's move it down to um, to Tasmania. Um, and that might well be his farewell. But then he's saying, no, he may well go around again next year, right? But the thing with Tim Payne, and you know, I think Tim's done a really good job after assuming the captaincy, but you need a whole lot more than just being a good leader, I think, to be a regular starting batsman in this team. All right. And mm. you need to be able to just 
do more than keep and lead. More as, than as, keep, you reckon? I think you do. Okay. I, I, yes, I do. Wait, so he's yes, coming so back. You don't come in for it. There's no room for a specialist keeper. Wow. You, no, no, the game got, has changed. No. You've got to be able to pile on the runs and keep. Oof. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think Brad Hudden averaged somewhere Always. Yes. in my mid-30s. What's Tim's? Gilly was above. Gilly was another yes. class. Well, okay. Yeah. What's, and I have got the figures, so. I think Tim's just short of 30 is his test average. Yeah. Probably not good enough. You don't think good enough? Well, but I anyway, think. Anyway, look, that aside, yeah. I think he's done a really good job mm. leadership-wise, right? If you haven't played since April, you've undergone surgery, and he won't have his first hit out. I, I know he's he's getting more ag- he's doing more and more work as the days go on, but he won't have his as I read today he won't have his first game. I won't think until about November twenty, mm. and that might be an intra intra squad match. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, that doesn't give you much cricket up ahead of the first Gabba Test on December eight, mm. which happens to his, be his birthday, the first day, thirty right. seventh birthday, I think, or thirty eight. On day one of the Gabba test. My point is, is he a shoe-in guaranteed to be in the team because he's Tim Payne and he's the captain? I mean, that's not a lot of prep for him. Mm. You don't think he's got the runs on the, in the bank? Probably has. I think the way he took it. But Probably having has. said that, he captained us to a test series loss against India last summer. So perhaps you're asking a fair question. I'm on Tim's know. side, well, I but am, I can see where you're coming from. I am just asking the question. Right? I am just asking the question. Of course, part um, of the SEN stable now. Hutchie's, Hutchie's joined in too. Uh, g'day, Chris. Uh, show sounding great with you and the mad Russian. Lots of Kiwis listening tonight, uh, waiting up for their semi, listening on SENZ, where the show is sounding great. Good luck to our Kiwi audience tonight, Hutchie. Thank you, Hutchie. I did uh, say a cheerio to uh, Across the Ditch because I do know that they are listening in tonight and that match will start in about oh, just over an hour and a bit. So uh, big, big night for, for the uh, New Zealanders and against England. We want New Zealand to win, clearly. Mm. Kia ora. Kia ora. Is that right? That's right. How good would that be? Aussie-New Zealand final. Love. It wouldn't be good. Both That's outsiders. It's the way it should be. It's should be. It's the it should be. It's why we should. I mean, we're playing the Poms anyway in the Ashes. Let's play. Let's play New Zealand, right? Okay, let's play New Zealand in the T Twenty World Cup final. Keep those texts coming through. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And also the Mad Russian uh, with me as well. Again, as usual, you sort your microphone out there, Mad Russian. Is that you or was up the back there? They're getting a bit raucous up there. We've got our live studio audience. There's only 20 here. COVID restrictions. Uh, they've had their, their uh, beer vouchers. Thanks again to Hutchie for that. You up there, Snake? Yeah, we right. Dingo? Present. What about dog's breath? I'm back, Yeah, <laughs> Doggy. You said to me before, why do they call Bevo dog's breath? Do I want to know? Well, no, I won't go into it, but you can sort of, I don't know, maybe hasn't got great dental hygiene. And again, welcome to uh, our listeners on SENZ. Big, big night for you guys, and we're, we're all aware of that. And I think, uh, look, the sentiment here, I think in this country, we would much rather play you guys in the final than the Poms, wouldn't we? We've got them coming up, right? Love to play uh, the Black Caps in the final. So good luck to you fellas tonight. Um and hopefully you can beat England. Do you remember, though, when I read an article today, uh, going back to the uh, the, the one-day World Cup final a couple of years ago, 
do you remember that? And uh, England, they were very, very lucky in the end. Like, this was the the most bizarre finish to a game. But being a, a finish to a final, a World Cup final, there's nothing quite like it. It was compared to um, being described as the bat of God. So what happened? England needed a super over eventually to beat New Zealand. It all ended up tied anyway, and, and England won on a countback. Um but it was, yeah, where was it? It was at Lords, wasn't it? 2019. Mm. So the ODI World Cup final uh, finished in a tie. So on that day, right, and I'm just going through this article. So it was a throw from the outfield and it hit Ben Stokes' bat in the final over as he slid over to make his crease. And the ball, it flew off his bat and went all the way to the boundary. I mean, you couldn't try. You try and mm. do it a thousand times, you, it won't happen. So the ball's hit Stokes' bat, goes off, trickles off to the rope. So they get the four runs for that England and they get the two that they'd already crossed for, mm. six runs for it. And so that equaled New Zealand's team uh, score. So then they had the super over. I can't recall what they got. I think it was quite, I think both teams got 15 or 16 mm. runs of the super over and still all ended up in a tie. And I wasn't sure, I said earlier, I wasn't quite sure, but reading this, yeah. So they, they won on a countback. It was but do on, you know what the countback was? It's the most ridiculous rule yeah. in all of sport. Yeah. Number of boundaries. Like, is that a? I cannot believe that was a serious rule that was in the yes. I, well, ICC's rule book. It was you think just you're making ridiculous. this stuff up? As if, like, Boundary you played one. Back. You played one super over already. As if you can't go back and just do Play it again. Another one. It's and another just, one. It's just remarkable. And another one. Well, okay. So you you're a very smart man. I could I should call you the smart Russian. Because that uh, rule was thrown out because it was outrage. It was absolutely, and, and rightly so, there was outrage. Um, the way that finished on a boundary countback. I don't know if it was total number of boundaries or number of sixes, whatever it was, it was ridiculous. And, and it's since been removed by the ICC. So, um, yeah, we won't see that again. But yeah, the bat of God <laughs> off, off Stokes' bat as he, he dives in for, for the second run. Uh, well, let, let's re- relive that, shall we? Let's let's rewind a couple of years. Uh, at Lords, the 2019 ODI, ODI World Cup final, England against New Zealand. 48 games, one ball, here's Bolt. They're going to push. Are we in for a super over? They've got to go quick. They've got to go quick. Out. I'm sure he's out. We're going to a super over. It's going to be on Martin Guptill. It's going to be on Martin Guptill. Two to win. Guttel's going to push for two. They've got to go. It's got to throw. He's got to go to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. By the barest of all margins. Absolute ecstasy for England. Agony. Agony for New Zealand. Yeah, agony indeed. How did they know then? They must have already known about well, the countdown so count, count rule. Our yeah. counterpart here yeah, at SEN yeah, yeah. over the... Ditch hosting mornings on SENZ, call, delivering that brilliant call. He, mm. And he's spoken about how heartbroken he was still calling that moment. But he, it's it's a, still a superb call. Yeah. And he he's still, but yeah. I, I guess he must have known because they would have w- yeah, yeah. read the fine print. Hey, um, clause A, B, slash C, little dot I, uh, Roman numeral I before V, <laughs> that uh, it's going to be on a countback, boundary countback. <sighs> So let's hope we have a bit of retribution for our, our friends across the ditch, eh? Tonight. What do you think? Yeah? I'd love to hear it. You hear it on And not SCNZ. just a win, SENZ, not just a win, they towel up the pommies. 
Yes, and welcome back to the show. Uh, just under two hours away uh, will be that very first semi-final in the T20 World Cup, New Zealand against England. And uh, we're all rooting for the Black Caps. Are we not rooting for the Black Caps? Yes, yeah, see? Even all the way, uh, Kia Ora, to our friends over there listening through SENZ, even all the way over here, uh, the live studio audience in uh, North Sydney. Uh, they want you guys to uh, topple England. Um, now, the Wallabies also playing uh, England, aren't they? in uh, the test match Sunday morning our time too. But there's been a couple of um, withdrawals yeah. for us, hasn't it? It's not good news at all, really. Uh, Alan Alatoa and uh, Taniela Tupo, um, they're both going to miss that uh, blockbuster against England at Twickenham um, after they picked up head knocks against Scotland, that narrow loss to Scotland. Now, this uh, both if they're both ruled out, we will not be uh, with a single specialist tight head in mm. the squad. Um, so I guess I have to do a bit of switcheroonie, swapping around. I'd I'd go as far as to say we we comp at England without James Tupo, Slip, hey. without Tupo. No, Tupo is a wrecking ball. He's an absolute monster. I tell you what, that's on to. I don't know if you have you been you've been to England. Been over to England. Have yes. you been to Twickenham? A test no, at Twickenham? Wallabies? Twickenham. Yeah, look, that's a bucket list. Yeah. That is a uh, if you if you are a compass mentis come kickoff time, that's the problem. <laughs> so I lived I lived off oh, Stones Throw, not a Stones right. Throw. Uh, a couple of good one woods from Twickenham, right? Mm. And in the high street of Twickenham, so um the high street I counted, I think there's about fourteen? Mm. Fourteen pups. Fourteen pups for eighty two thousand people. May, maybe more. Maybe, but this is just one one high street of right. Twick, Twickenham. A little, so you can go all Twickenham's around, only a yeah. small little borough, a little mm. village, really. It's not very big, you know. But in the high street alone, so let's let's say a, a K or a mile down the high street, fourteen or sixteen pubs just um, stretched on every corner, Ugh. on every corner. Like we've got an Olympic pool pretty much in every suburb. <laughs> well, they got a pub on every corner, mm. and I think it's one Olympic pool in the whole of London. Can you believe that? Mm. Anyway, and they still beat us, didn't they, in the swimming at 2012? 2012 they did. Yeah. Uh, mm. Well, I was talking about that. Anyway, yeah, Twickenham, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is on the bucket list. If, if you haven't been there, and yeah, even yeah. even if you're not a rusted on rah-rah, you know, rugby union fan, and I'm not, but like watching the Wallabies, obviously, mm. but it's a, it's a good day out. Mm. Good day out. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you no not sh- go into the stories from, no from those days? No shandies <laughs> then, too, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Guinness, hey, that was my poison. Oh, that's Guinness. dangerous. Uh, keep those texts coming through. Uh, hi, uh, yes, it is me, Eric. Uh, how come sometimes all the text messages don't get delivered properly? Missing out my name always at the end of my messages. Mad Russian, what's your favourite NRL team, Eric? Yeah, I don't know, Eric. It did say some text was missing, mate. I, I can. I, 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 how did you know it was Eric? Well, I know because just because of the style he texts. The style of Ryan. and he texts us often, so yeah. I know it. Who's your, um, your number one fan? Eric, our text machine doesn't deal very long, well with particularly long messages. And you send long ones, which is not a bad thing. But Keep it just sure. means the bottom of them gets cut off sometimes. And I'm a Manly Seagulls fan. You are too. They, Openly and passionately. Yeah. So Despite the 12 games on free to air I read today. 12 games. That's a big, big uh, lift, isn't it? Well, so it was interesting. I was reading some of the Twitter discourse about that today. And people, and oh, manly, you know, you know, they don't have that many members, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but we're the most, enter- I'm sorry, we are. We're the most entertaining team in the comp at the moment. You are looking through a maroon and white lens. Absolutely, though. but doesn't mean I'm wrong. 
Oh, we, we come are. on, how are There's you the most team. entertaining team in the NRL? That's a broad with. statement from you. Tom Trebojevic is our fullback. The two guys that play on the wing either side of him mm. in Ruben Garrick. Ruben Garrick, the lead, oh, they the were, mate. I agree. They were very entertaining this, this year. When Tom played, they were very entertaining. And Saab. Take Tom out of your team. What happens? Are you as entertaining? Well, we don't win as... I'd argue we're still entertaining. We don't yeah. win as often. And... The flip side, too, on, on the... DCE on the, and Kieran Foran, not a bad halves pairing. No, they're not. Where'd they finish? Came fourth, didn't they? Fifth? I can't remember. Long time ago. I'd rather watch Manly, then. Did those... I mean, those stats, Storm. though, and I read them today of Tommy Trebojevic. I haven't got him in front of me. They were just absolutely mind-blowing. Mm. So he's sent a pretty high benchmark, hasn't he, for next year? And Dallium. Why wouldn't you want that on Freddie? Why wouldn't you no, want that? No, exactly. I, I understand it. But there is a flip side, too, though. You know that, don't you? If you... I've got all your games on free to air. It can impact your gates, your your attendance sometimes. Um, and I see they've only got one Sunday afternoon game. Well, what's that doing for uh, for the families? A few the Saturday team? afternoons. Yes, yes, I know when we're all playing footy. Mm. Yep. So that's the argument for not playing Saturday afternoons. All the local juniors, all you know, that are playing in the afternoons, they can't go and watch Manly. So, so what I said before, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of variables go into it when you're making up fixture lists, mm. you know. But and you can't th- please everyone all the time. They'd be thinking, though, that the entertaining footy merely are playing at the moment and they're winning quite a bit as well. Well, I might try and speak to Stephen That'll Humphreys. Be... Uh, I saw an article mm. written by uh, Dean Ritchie, I think it was, Bulldog. Uh, I might try and gra- grab him on our show on, on Sunday yeah. or Saturday and have a chat to him about it. Because they can monetize it, right? They reckon it's around about worth three hundred million dollars having those well, twelve more games. Eyeballs. More eyeballs. More exactly, more eyeballs, more signage, more all that sort of stuff. Um, but interesting, isn't it? But there is a flip side to that. As I said, it can impact your, your gate receipts mm. and um, and no afternoon football. So you know. Anyway, um, what else? What else is about there? I'm oh, still with rugby league too. So it's looking like uh, Reed Marnie. Well, not looking like he is being wooed. Not rude, not Rodney. He's being mm. wooed by the powers that be, Gus Gould and co. and Trent, to go to the Bulldogs for a um, far more appealing pay pack. Six fifty, they say. Six fifty large ones per year over uh, for four years, compared to what this article is saying. Parramatta are offering Reed four fifty uh, for three years. Mm. Big, big difference. One point two five million dollars. I think that's enough to drag me from blue and gold to blue and white. And Paramount used to play them. A couple of seasons they played there at Belmore. Did you know you would know? It was no. Before you were born. Before you were born. When they were building the uh, the old mm. Paramount Stadium. Uh, we had a couple of seasons. I'm sure it was a couple of seasons. At least one season out there mm. um, at Belmore. And they are playing a, a game there, aren't they, this year in the fixtures, mm. Canterbury at Belmore. But going to Parramatta, we believe this. Uh, there's mounting speculation that Curtis Scott may well be handed a lifeline. And Michelle Bishop was talking today on the Curtis Scott issue. There has been some progress with the Curtis Scott situation. Now, I understand he has finalised the terms of a deal with the Parramatta Eels. So that's kind of breaking, if you like. He will be joining the squad uh, for pre-season training within days. Um, He has had to take a pay cut, uh, which is quite obvious. We all know that he was let go by the Raiders in August after that incident in that nightclub. And now, as I've said to you before, this is before the courts. So we can't say a great deal about that. But that will be a very interesting case when that unfolds, I'm led to believe. 
So there's Michelle Bishop. That was on uh, Breakfast with Vossi mm. this morning. Always a good laugh if you're up and about nice and early. Um, yeah, look, look, no doubt he can play, but he's just had a lot of issues, hasn't he? A lot of issues off the field, and he's been let go by two very good coaches, two coaches who I hold in very high esteem, mm. um, Craig Bellamy and Ricky Stewart. So can Brad Arthur put Curtis Scott uh, back on the path to a future that we all hope for that he can have? Um, but, you know, one more strike, one more blemish, and uh, yeah, it, it could well be the end of the road uh, for Curtis Scott. Back on cricket, and I touched on this on Monday, and uh, those listening to uh, me on Monday night, you would have heard all this, and it was sort of breaking, basically, as we went on air. It was only um, an hour or so old. Was the confirmation that we will tour Pakistan next year? Um, three test tour, three one days, and the one one T20 match as well. But it's been 20, 23, 22. Do you want to know how old I was last time we toured Pakistan? You would have just been coming out of your mother's womb. I was about six months old. Yes. Oh. When And I bet you were still very clever. Because <laughs> you are smart. Not as clever as Mark Taylor on that tour. That's the famous 334 overnight story about John Howard calling him, asking him if he'd declare or not wow. overnight. and. Deciding well, he didn't want to go past the Don's, well, it was yeah. still the record yeah. then, the Don's 334. Ah, tubby. See, yeah, and you're only six months of, yeah. of age and you still remember that. I remember. <laughs> you are. You are a freak of nature. You are. You're a freak of nature. So is there going to be, we're not quite sure what's happening with the players for that tour. We don't, we don't even know the, the squad for the upcoming Ashes tests yet. Uh, so this one's uh, quite a long way down the track. Um, but there might be some consternation uh, from our players or some of them, maybe on touring the subcontinent. Um, Tim Payne spoke on that. Pretty exciting. Um, obviously, uh, really exciting for Pakistan cricket. I think, and I think the world game in general. So Pakistan, we haven't been there for 24 years. Um, and I think you know, George Bailey and myself actually went there for a World 11 T20 series not long ago. And the passion for cricket over there is, is very similar, if not um, right up there with India. So it's exciting that Test Cricket will be heading back there um, in a few months' time. Obviously, there's a little bit of uh, water to go under the bridge and security planning and all that stuff, which is really, really important to, to our group, obviously, with what's gone on over there in the past. But um, once that's ticked off, I think um, everyone will be really looking forward to getting over there and, as I said, taking cricket back to a country that absolutely adores and loves it. Yeah, no doubt about that, Tim uh, Payne there speaking uh, to Jared Waitley. That was this morning, mm. I, I believe. Um, and we were just talking before, too. Uh, sometimes you think, uh, were we talking off air or were we, were we thinking aloud uh, when I was saying, is Tim Payne a shoe-in for the Ashes because he's our wicketkeeper and he's our captain and done a sterling job, really, in a leadership capacity? But is he... Uh, an automatic pick mm. for that first test at the Gabba. Just throwing it out there, just throwing it out there. And ironically, or as fate would have it, uh, that day one of the first test at the Gabba, I think it's his birthday. Um, my concerns are that he's going to go in very much underdone into an Ashes tour. Well, not tour, series. Hasn't played since April, you know. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll see. Yep. We'll see what happens. See what happens. 
Now, our Socceroos tomorrow night uh, playing Saudi Arabia at Parramatta Stadium. If you are going out there, uh, enjoy it. Hey, I've never actually, you know, I've never been to a Socceroos match live. One that's, thing I haven't done. That's yeah. a buckle list. It's going to be yeah. sold out by the looks of it on at Combank Stadium. Full capacity yeah. out there tomorrow night. So it's a big clash. So we should declare, if people don't know, yes. Mad Russian's real love is, is, is football. The round ball game. You know? First love, not real love. First love. You know, I love, I'm a sport lover. No, but it's your game. It's my first love. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the world game. The world game. The beautiful game. What about the game played in heaven? You like that one? Well, down here on earth, yeah. it's football. Oh, okay. That's the world game. Righto. Fair okay, enough. so we, we've got to beat Saudi Arabia. who are un- They've got a perfect record at the moment. In but you know what my game is, don't you? <laughs> it's the greatest game of all. <laughs> anyway, carry on. So the Saudis are unbeaten so far. Um, so we need a win. Uh, their record here is not very good. We've not. Are lost. we second on our table? We're currently sat just behind the Saudis, just ahead of Japan. Yeah. And we've not lost. How many games to go in qualifying? So we're, this is this will be the halfway mark. Right. So we're playing ten games in the qualifying each team home and away. We've not lost a home competitive World Cup qualifier for 40 years, Chris. Not lost? For 40 years, we've yeah. not been beaten on Australian soil. So this would, show, be a bad, this would be a bad one to lose, um, to put it like that. But the weather in Sydney at the moment is, is helping our cause. I don't think the Saudis are used to monsoonal rains. Probably and not. <laughs> looking Probably. at some Let's of the, turn the sprinklers on as well. I was looking at some of the FFA Cup fixtures earlier tonight. And, boy, that rain up in Newcastle. Coming yeah. down sideways. Mate, Players that, were absolutely drenched. So you stepped I, out here tonight. Well, I'm hoping it's going to be exactly the same tomorrow night because I think it'll that give our boys of yours, That bullfight of yours, it'll really take on some moisture right. if you don't have an umbrella. <laughs> it was peeing it down. Look, I hope the weather is good, mm. right? I hope the weather uh, – it drains really well there. It's almost bloody like synthetic surface mm. out there at Paramount. But if you're going out there, uh, have a great time. Have a great time. But it does show you, you just rattled off that um, – Marvellous stat there on our superiority on mm. home soil, not having lost a World Cup qualifier, what, in 40 years? 40. Just goes to show you, you know, as, as a fan, you, it's good, isn't it? When you can, you know you do actually have an impact on the result mm. of a game collectively yep. because you do. Mm. And that is, um, that's something that's the, yeah, that is the heart and soul of sport in mm. many respects. So having that taken away through COVID has been a bit of a, yeah. Uh, Sell Parramatta Stadium out. That would just be superb. Place to be rocking. Absolutely. You'll Place be able to, to be rocking. You'll be able to hear it here, Chris. If you can't get out to the game, you can't get in front of a TV Who's calling tomorrow it? night. Eight, eight o'clock, Julian Dora and Adam Kwasnick on SEN across mm-hmm. all the stations nationally. Yep. Um, SENZ, if you're keen to tune into the Socceroos, just flick across on awesome. the app and the boys will be on there. Well, or you can go to my mum's house. Is that right? You can hear it there. Is your mother SEN all day? Yeah, because she doesn't know what my timetable is. So, oh, so she just she loses track of when I'm on. <laughs> my mum, uh, and God bless your mum, um, she's in hospital at the moment. Oh, okay. uh, she's sure. been in and out of hospital for a while now. So if you are listening, mum, you probably should get to bed by now. She probably would be in bed anyway by now. Uh, no, no, not because she's got SEN on, because she lives half a mile from the stadium. Is that right? Yes. Oh, That's why you're out of here. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Hopefully on there's a the, lot of noise uh, coming out there tomorrow She night. lives just uh, backing onto Parramatta Park there. Uh, yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, and now also, just before we go to uh, uh, break, uh, Takeshi Inoue. Oh, yes. You, 
did you pull your shirt off today, look in the mirror and see, <laughs> did you resemble Takeshi in a way? Uh, no. This is Tim Zoo's next opponent, by the way. When's that? Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. So we'll be here we'll to be bring here. you all the reaction straight away. We'll be on higher ground. Yeah. And I'm hoping Timmy Zoo will be as well. Mm. That's an amazing rig, by the way. And an amazing fighter, by that all is accounts. A, oh, no, he's good, yeah. Mm. He won't beat Tim. But that's a washboard stomach. Now, your great-grandma might have had a washboard. My grandma had a washboard mm. out in the old laundry. The washboard. You've probably never seen a washboard. No. A, a washboard. That. So that is what a washboard stomach. Or if I take my shirt up like that, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> hey? That's not an that's eight-pack. That's, that is that. a slab. Now, we're going to look back, aren't we, at mm. some of the, uh, the better stories that are being aired across the network uh, right throughout the afternoon, across a lot of programs as well. And then after we bundy off, we'll be handing over to the boys, uh, I believe, SENZ. Will they be taking over the call now? About an hour after About an hour. About an hour after we're off air. That's when uh, the match will get underway. All right. Uh, been great to have your company. Don't go anywhere. This is Higher Ground. Well, time flies, doesn't it, when you're having fun? I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of hours. Been great to have you keep, and thank you to everyone that did send through uh, their text messages tonight uh, to the Mad Russian. Thank you, my friend. We will do it all again on Friday. So until then, you know the deal up there. Turn the lights out, lock the door. I'll see you on Friday. Keep smiling. Bye for now.